five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about call to action and uh, customer engagement today. Okay, let's get started. Okay, but first, let's have a little fun. Okay, over here is that Heinz. Serious problem, I think. Serious problem across the world. Um, let's go over here and we can read about it. Okay, when the Heinz runs out so fast, a lot of small restaurants fill their empty Heinz bottles with other ketchup brands like this. And you can see some of them don't look quite right. Look at that one. Some kind of orange instead of red. Is that Heinz? Is that Heinz? The label of truth for ketchup lovers everywhere. We identified the one and only true exact Pantone for Heinz ketchup. Unmistakable red. I think only an ad agency would get this. So we put it around the border, creating a dependable test. Is that Heinz? If the colors match the label, it's Heinz. Not Heinz. It's Heinz, not Heinz. <laughs> and that's the way it is. The truth of the, the label of truth for ketchup lovers everywhere. Okay. Is that Heinz? Okay. And that's enough of that. <clears throat> so let's read about the uh, let's read about the 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 Heinz ketchup fraud. Heinz turkey. Now I struggled with this because I thought well, is this some kind of ketchup made out of turkeys? I didn't know. Anyway, <laughs> Heinz Turkey finds a Pantone label hack to disrupt ketchup fraud by Amy Houston. And then it says Wonderman Thompson Turkey. And I thought, did they add a new partner to their name? I can't imagine that Wonderson, Wonderman Thompson would add somebody new. It turns out it's the country of Turkey, and it helped to have the the person from Wonderman explain that. So now you can check the ketchup against the label and see if it's really Heinz. I'm impressed with Heinz getting the ketchup color right. Apparently, they've, they've bred their own specific types of tomatoes with a special... Uh, you know, they've got a lot more pulp in them than a regular tomato so that it makes the ketchup thicker. So they don't have to add thickeners to the ketchup. Okay, and that does matter to me. It matters even more in barbecue sauce because I like it to stick to my stuff. Anyway, Omit Tosli, I think, Executive Creative Director at Wondersome Thompson. It it would be nice if it said of Turkey, but he, he or she does. The People of Turkey love Heinz and want to see it being served in the restaurants they visit. The problem is some small traditional restaurants or businesses fill the Heinz bottles with different ketchup. Could you imagine? This sounds like a marketing thing, a marketing ploy. Deception. Okay, and serve them as the original. You know, I've heard, you know, it's... It, I wonder if people get upset. Well, I can see, I can understand Heinz getting upset. I don't know. We wanted to put an end to this so-called ketchup fraud and create an innovative solution. And it's not just in Turkey, I'm guessing. 
Okay, and there's a, another creative director over here, Anur Cutler. Uh, we wanted to put an end to this ketchup fraud, so we, you know, so we, <laughs> we, <laughs> bottles with the new, this is funny, bottles with the new control label are being distributed to restaurants across the country. There will also be an Instagram filter to check the color of the ketchup. Turning customers across Turkey into Heinz police. <laughs> I wonder if they've caught anybody with this. Amy, I want you to do a follow-up story to see if Heinz is actually catching the fraudulent tur <laughs> turkey ketchup counterfeiters. And I was a little surprised you didn't use counterfeit ketchup because it has a nice alliteration, not, not like ketchup fraud. Okay, you're probably neglecting the, the customer metric, the CX, customer experience. That's what CX means. <coughs> CX. Metrics that matter most in 2003. Now, there's two people as authors to this, and they're from Razorfish. I don't know what a Razorfish is, to be honest, at all. It would be nice if it said, it down below it, it has their titles way down here, but it doesn't really say what Razorfish is. Head of media at Razorfish. So I'm guessing it's an ad agency. And, uh, you know, increasingly these articles are seeming like they're more like they're written by AI because they're very repetitive. They use the same phrases over and over and over. Mark Ritson had one, and he admitted that it was a test to see how the AI would work. I thought he had a stroke or something. One, anyway, when, when it comes to customer experience metrics, and I would say performance metrics in general has nothing to do with customer experience, companies tend to fall into two groups. One, focused on metrics around conversion, acquisitions, re registrations, how about sales and profits? The other is focused around brand uh, metrics such as awareness and infinity. Okay, now, what, what they never say in this article is what product are you selling? You know, they talk about the long customer journey and all the different data that you can get. And uh, if you watch a video, that's really important. They really like that. But I think, you know, there's there's very few things that I have much of a, a customer journey on, right? In general, yes, we do buy Heinz, although I think my wife snuck in some Aldi ketchup, and I can't tell the difference hardly. Must be good. Must be good. And, uh, you know, we try generics. We try Aldi stuff. We like two-buck chuck. I actually do. And except it's three bucks in Wisconsin, but still a good value. So we like a good value. Do we mm, do we have a customer journey? The journey is the drive to Aldi. It's a little it's a little it's a little farther away than our Piggly Wiggly or Sendix or Pick and Save. We drive past two of them to go to the Piggly Wiggly, but we sometimes go to Aldi. So uh you know, these metrics are, are not, I mean, cost per acquisition, maybe. Conversion, not sure even what that means, right? 
Uh, in direct mail, we tend to focus on response rate because we have a list, so we know the response rate. That's the number of orders. It's not clicks, right? It's not even leads. It's usually orders. And it's very difficult to make that customer journey pay off, okay? Just very, very expensive. Very, very difficult, especially in direct mail, to have a two-step campaign where you where you get someone's attention and they, they they say, oh, I'd like more information or something. Plus, on the Internet now, the customer is more in control anyway, so they don't need you to give them more information. Anyway, um, so what the article argues, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of depth. Uh, the reason I like the article is it says engagement is underappreciated. But what they mean by engagement is so slight that it's almost non-existent okay <laughs> you know it's like okay they visited your website they mo moseyed around your website and uh, you know you give them a cookie and then you say oh they came back to the website give them another cookie or maybe they maybe you put a banner ad or a pay-per-click and then they came to a landing page and you gave them a cookie and then they come back to your website and you give them another cookie you know I've worked in the realm of purchase data okay which products did they buy from us? And I can tell you that purchase data, which is way, way more indicative of their actual mm, desires, their actual behavior, than wandering around your website lost because your website's so confusing. Uh, and I can tell you, it's very, very difficult, even with millions of customers, to leverage purchase data. You have to be very, very creative with data to take that information, which is solid, hard data, and turn it into something that is not only actionable, drives personalization, but actually makes a difference in response rate and sales per piece and profit per piece. So I, you know, I just kind of laugh at this. I mean, I've never had a client that bothered to pull this all together, I can put it in my models. I have enough variables available, but I can tell you it's precious impossible if we can't get buying data to work. You know, RFM even is difficult. Sometimes it works opposite of what you think, right? So if we can't get that to work on when was the last time they bought and how much did they spend and how much time, how many have they bought? If you can't get that to work, that basic then boy, oh boy. Plus, I've noticed that so many, especially e-commerce companies, don't really care what I think. I actually write them. I call them, I write them, I tell them. You know, I've got a bag of food club flour here right now. See that? It's empty because I use it for bre baking bread. It was one cup short of what it says on the package. You know, I could call the state attorney general, I bet. Anyway, uh, I've called them before. It's same as before. <laughs> they haven't improved it. Okay, so there's more data than ever, but it's not necessarily a good thing. You know what you get when you have more data? Spurious correlations. With enough data, you can correlate anything to anything. There's also room for more noise. Absolutely true. Okay? Knowing how to use and incorporate the most valuable data is more practical in trying to collect everything available. Absolutely true. 
Okay, so I was waiting for some conclusion on the CX basics. But the truth is, we don't know our customer journey. We don't know why we make decisions. We don't know when we're going to make the next decision. And we don't know what we're going to decide to buy. And I'm not talking about with or without their metrics. I'm talking about in my own head. I don't know the next thing I'm going to buy. You know, resources are limited. Always, we're trying to save money, keep the household running. And uh, we debated in our own heads. And so, knowing all I know about me, I have trouble predicting me. And I certainly can't predict my wife. <laughs> so, given all that, I'd say, be careful. Engagement is important, but in a, in a global sense. Okay, and then this is a follow-up from the LOBS Consumer Study Guide to Direct Mail Calls to Action. And again, it sort of circles around. There are a lot of effective things. You you know, always want to ask for the order. You want to have a way to respond. You know, in the old days, we used to check the phone number. Uh, many classic mistakes are to have the wrong phone number that no one can answer. But the same thing can be said for a landing page. Uh, that doesn't exist or links that are broken. Um, you can send a postcard and get someone to go to a, a URL. That can be a call to action. QR code was not mentioned as far as I saw. Um, ask yourself, what is your goal? What stage of the sales funnel is the target recipient in? That's a toughie because, as I just said, you don't know what sales funnels are difficult, right? especially in a world where they can go and find the information for themselves. I mean, it used to be, you know, you'd put an ad up and, you know, we, we're announcing the great Kabuna widget that we just invented and it will solve all your Kabuna problems. Okay. And so people would have to, you know, circle a bingo card number and ask for information. And then you'd send the information and about one out of 10 was really interested in buying a Kabuna solution. And, uh, but everybody had to, you know, go through the manufacturer or whatever to get the information. We held all the cards. <clears throat> now we don't. So it's difficult to make this, you know, to make the traditional sales funnel actually work because they can jump around, right? And uh, 40, but 44% of consumers prefer communication via direct mail from brands they don't know. Direct mail can be an excellent complement to your digital efforts to see what channels, campaigns, and call to action drive real action for their consumer new customers. That's you know great, and you can you can have retention campaigns for your customers, and you can have reactivation for your old customers, and um, understand your audience's intent. I would assert that is darn near impossible, but you might speculate: Are they coming to you to solve a problem? Are they coming back to you because they can? Because they're loyal customers, which is a few and far between thing. Because most of your customers buy once and you know, don't hear from them again. Maybe because you don't try, but maybe because that's just the way it is. I always like this. Use words like discover. You know, um, Bob Hacker taught me that. Don't say learn because it reminds them of school, which they hated. Say discover. I don't know if I'd use achieve for that same reason. But words can matter, and you can test all this stuff. Run A-B tests. That's what the end. A-B testing, and it doesn't have to be A-B. You know, with modeling technology, we can run 
multi-dimensional tests uh, that can test lots of bunch of stuff. But oftentimes AB is the simplest. But make sure that your panels are comparative, are homogenous, right? Be careful how you do the AB split, okay? And uh, so mm, that was a kind of a so-so article from Lob, uh, and it. The, the article was written by guest author, so I don't know who I'm talking to here, um, but I will, um, <laughs> I think, I think my friend Ms. Corvassier uh, is back from her trip, and I will, I will reach out to her to see if I can find out who did this. <laughs> Have a great day. Like and share. Remember your customers. Ask them to order, right? And take good care of them. That's what customer experience is about. Bye-bye.